Welcome back to Up The Villa podcast. This is our match preview for Luton Town v Aston Villa on Saturday. 5.30 kickoff. Big game. Got quite a lot to go through. We've got talking points. We've got Luton. Um, I'm going to surprise Justin with a lot of the topics to keep, just to keep him on his toes a little bit. Um, so if you are new around here, make sure you are subscribing to our channel. Smash a like on this episode. It's really important that if you do enjoy the episode, that you hit that like, you are doing your part to help this channel grow. And like always, comment your thoughts. Uh, thanks everybody who watched the episode that I did yesterday. New vibe, something a little bit different, went down very, very well. So I was really pleased with that because sometimes when you do something a bit different, you get a little bit of, oh, I'm not sure on that, but everybody seemed to really enjoy it. So. That feature will stay. I'll try and do one of those a week now. So uh, it keeps it fresh. And, and I like I like the feeling of that show. So uh, we'll keep that one going. So, Justin, how are you? Very good, mate. Very good. Looking forward to this one. Another big game on the path to Champions League. Love it, don't we? So this episode is brought to you by SofaScore, the quickest football app going. It's better than live score. Flash score or whatever people use. Uh, and we're going to use a lot of this on this episode today. So if you do want to download it and help the channel out, scan the QR code that's on the screen, or you can click the link that's in our description and download it for free. And you will have this wonderful app at your fingertips. So Justin doesn't know what we're talking about on this episode. So we're going to kick it off with Mr. Leon Bailey. And we're going to talk about Bailey and, and the, the rise of Bailey because I think it's it's too easy to just look at Bailey and think he's scoring goals and he's assisting. I think there's more to his game to unravel than that. And, and I would say one of my probably criticism over the years of Bailey has been that, yes, he's scored goals. Yes, he's assisted Villa. But I've looked at Bailey's overall performance and thought there's more there. And I think we've had that in, in comment sections before that sort of Bailey can have scored, but we don't really give him a massive amount of credit because I don't feel like at times the overall game has been there. But this season, Leon Bailey's <coughs> game has expanded to a level that even I probably didn't think could expand to. And yes, we've always known that that left foot is deadly and he can assist. But it's the defensive work that I'm really impressed with. And one thing that I'm really impressed with, especially this season, is his defensive work. So if we have a little look at his heat map that you can see on the screen now, you can see from this season that, that Bailey's venturing into that 18-yard box. But look at the heat map defensively, helping out the right back, coming back into areas and defending. There was times on, on Saturday against Nottingham Forest where he would pick up that role of that heat map in that defensive area. And he is so calm and his touch is just brilliant and his, his confidence to play one-touch football in tight, compact areas that are dangerous areas to be playing in. But he's really got that defensive side of his game and I just think he's absolutely fantastic. And his overall game now for me 
game on game is near enough perfect for me. And I've got to praise Bailey because I just think he's he's doing so well. Um, Justin, thoughts on Bailey then? Yeah, I think when we signed him, I think we saw sort of flashes of what he was capable of. We all saw he had ability, pace, trickery, got a goal in him. I think he scored in his debut, didn't he? Uh, and I thought we'd sign a really, really good player. But after a few weeks, his form just kept sort of never really reaching the heights, which I thought he could get to. And then he sort of just drifted along in his career, didn't he, up until... This season, I think, like you say, suddenly exploded. I think the Liverpool, I think um, Unai mentioned it in a press conference a few weeks ago, that the turning point was the Liverpool game, where he got brought on as an early substitution, then he got took off later in the game. And I think that really knocked his confidence. And I think Unai was sort of alluding to the fact that he went, I think he went away on international duty after that, and he went off away with a bit of a huff. Um, sort of shoulders slumped and a bit annoyed, which, you know, players do get like that, especially, you know, when you get brought on and took off. That's a bit embarrassing, isn't it, for a professional footballer? But he said he came back and he had a really good one-on-one chat with him, sat him down in the office and basically mapped out, you know, where do we go from here? That's what it sounded like. And fair play to Leon Bailey. He instead of just going away again and thinking, oh God, I've been called in the office. I've, you know, manager's having a go at me again. He wants me to do this, this, this. He's not happy with me. He took it as a positive. He drew a line under his career up to that point, and he said, right, like a lot of the players seem to have done under Unai, they have totally listened to every single word he's had to said. They have trusted him, and this is where we are very lucky to have a manager of this reputation. And that he's obviously looking at all the other players that have improved under the manager and thinking, actually, I need to listen to this bloke here because I'm 26 now. And if I don't, I could easily be sold at the end of the season. I could end up going somewhere and my career just drifting from club to club to club. I'm never really going to achieve anything. But he did and he went away. He worked very, very hard on his game. And the attributes he has got, as a naturally gifted footballer, he is basically just taken to the best of his ability. And we are now seeing a prime, one of the best this season, attacking midfielders. Mm-hmm. You know, he was brought in as a, from the Jack Grealish money, wasn't he? There was him, Buendia, and there was somebody else, wasn't there? there was, it was big to do, wasn't it? We Danny brought Ings. three players through. Danny Ings, that was it. So we brought three players from place one. Arguably now, Leon Bailey he's comfortably replacing where Jack Grealish was at Villa. And had you said that after we sold Jack and said, we, you know, would we, we'd have a player that would put, have the output that Jack had for us, then you'd have said, oh, I've done well there. And we've still got Buendia to come in. Yes, the, the Ings thing didn't quite work, but we got money back on him. So I think where Leon Bailey is, if, he, if, he, if the rest of his Villa career, he's in and around where he is now, we have got one of the best players in the Premier League because his ability is ridiculous. His ability to, to, to take people on, to front a, a defender up and go past him, he's beating them with ease now. And I think sometimes with footballers, you, you know, they try these things and when it's not going for them, like that little, when he just flicked the ball around the corner on, on Saturday for the first goal, and you know, that, that when Leon Bailey's not playing that well, the defender just gets his foot on it and clears it and everybody goes, oh, he's, you know, he hasn't beat him again. But it's coming off for him at the moment. And it won't always come off for him. But the, the key is that his, his attitude is right now. A lot of people questioned his attitude 
you know. But I think that bears into when it wasn't going well. He, he did slump his shoulders, were slumping, but now he's he's at the point now where he's one of the most important players on the pitch. You know, the start of the season when when Diaby came and he started the season on fire. You, you couldn't have really seen a way back in for Bali at that point. Now it's totally turned on its head, and it's it's you're thinking, how oh, does Diaby get back in this side? But it's not a bad you know problem to have, is it? But yeah, Leon Bailey. I mean, what do we pay for him? About twenty-seven million quid. You, you'd get double that for him in the open market now, which just proves how good he is. I think the, the the biggest thing about him as well is that defenders are absolutely scared scared shitless of him. That's the thing. Yeah. Like the defenders now, and, and the last two games, okay, we heard about Murillo, we we heard about how good he was. And then you're talking about Anton Robinson from Fulham. And he's a really good fullback, Robinson, and, and very underrated. And they are scared so much to put a foot in on Bailey because if they do, see you later. He'll move that ball past you like you're not even there. So I think he, he's got defenders really scared of him now. And teams are starting to double and triple up on him. That pass that he played to Matty Cash, there was three players around Bailey and he still made that pass. Now, the beauty of that is if you've got players who are dragging players out of the position to defend against them, it means that there's space elsewhere. So yeah. by just Bailey being a threat now allows us to move players into different positions. And, and I think, you know, his trickery's great, his shot's great, his vision's great, but it's his defending and getting into defensive areas. So we're going to use Sofa Score. So we're going to show you how good Sofa Score is. You can have this app at your fingertips, right? So this is Leon Bailey. First season. So, yes, different managers, but I think it's I'm talking about overall performances here. And, and I think these graphics will show you about Bailey's overall game. So this was Bailey's first season at Aston Villa. Yes, it was scatty. Yes, it was in and out. Yes, there was a lot of injuries, but you can see not too much there, really. We go to last season and you can start to see Bailey getting Venturing more forward into the 18-yard box, he's, he's, he's playing more games, he's, he's not as injured last season. But this season now, look at this heat map, we're going into that 18-yard box, we are attacking into that box, but also defensively, we're helping that team out as well. So if we have a little look at some of his numbers now as well. So we've got a goal conversion rate of 21%. We've got eight goals this season. We've got seven assists. We have got eight big chances that are being created. We've got 78% passing accuracy. So for an attacking player, for somebody who's playing more risk passes, I think that's still quite high. We've got 89% in his own half, 68% in the opposition half. Now, this is really important to look at as well. Ball recoveries per game, 2.8 from Leon Bailey. And this just mirrors with that defensive work. We've got 49% successful dribbles. So nearly 50% of his dribbles are now successful. We've got 40% total duels won, 40% ground duels won, and 38% aerial duels won. So I think Leon Bailey now needs massive praise because he's 
scintillating form. You look at Sofa score average rating, 7.14. We've got an 8, an 8.4, a 7.5, a 7.0, an 8.3. I would say Leon Bailey at the minute is in the form of his life. And one interesting thing that I, I, I saw, I think it was Jacob Tanswell tweeted, it was talking about how Sockdown Bailey um, is doing <laughs> Sockdown Bailey because in training, he's, he, he doesn't play with his socks up. So yeah. it's, it's all about being more, having more freedom. And I think that can get overlooked in football. You know, uh, the, all these little sort of things that I like as a fan, I think sometimes can get overlooked of like, doing different little things and, and they can have a massive, massive impact. Even just him putting his socks down psychologically, he's probably like tearing our defence to shreds in training. But then there was probably times in a game where he comes off and he might think, oh, I, weren't, I weren't that great. What, why, why, am I not, why am I not bringing those same levels? So if there's that psychology twist, then I'm all for it. So I just felt like we need to talk about Bailey because, you know, he's crucial to us at the minute and I'm absolutely yeah. loving life with Leon Bailey. Do you want to add anything think, before um, we move on? Well, yeah, I think just finally, I think... I've always been a big believer that that there's a there's a club for every player where they just feel at home. You know, by by its nature, the job of a footballer means that you you move around a lot. You, you know, you play for many clubs. There's not many players, especially in the modern age, that don't go on to play for four, five, six clubs in their career, even more sometimes. So it's very hard for them to feel real affinity with the clubs. Now, I'm sure they all try to, and they all like to be where they are, but. You forget the feeling with Bailey now that he feels really at home at Villa. I know he signed this new deal, and I, th- I saw a tweet saying, quoted him saying that, you know, he loves it here. A bit like Amy Martinez, really. They found a home, and that's different. It's like your house. You either live in your house or it's your home. And once it's your home, you love it that little bit more, don't you? And I think that's where he is with Villa now. He loves Villa that little bit more because we are his home. We are his people now. We are his club. And I think that's a huge thing to get the best out of a footballer because once they haven't got to worry about all the off-field stuff, they like where they live, they like their teammates, they love playing football at the ground, they love that. And the manager, and everything fits. And I think that's where he... And I think you're seeing... I wouldn't say he's a natural leader, but you're almost seeing that he's becoming a bit of a leader now because he's having that little bit of responsibility. Now he's become one of the first names on the team sheet. He's now become that player that... Everybody's looking towards a bit like Ollie Watkins now. They're looking them two up front really are the key men in our attacking output. They're the ones that finish everything off and create everything. So those two now are the focal point of everything that the team does. Get the ball to one of them and things are going to happen. And I think he's absolutely thriving on that responsibility now. So long mate continue because God we need him for the last few games. <laughs> we do. Right. Let's turn our attention then to the big game on Saturday. Uh, Luton Town away. Um, this is a this is a very big game for Villa. Um, that they're all big, you know. We we're not at a point now where we're we look at a fixture now and we think like ah oh, like I don't know like we we, we I don't like this thing of where fans can say sort of. 
Yeah, but we should be beating these. Yeah, but we should. Look, I don't think that is a thing. I, I just don't understand that sort of, yeah, but it's Luton. We should be beating them. I think it's, in football, you have to earn the right to beat somebody. You don't just go on a pitch and win. You look at Man City against like whoever they play. Like They don't just go out and win. They still have to earn the right to win that game. And, and I think this is a really difficult game for Villa. And it's a big game because of the permutation of where they're at now. You know, they've had, they've seen Everton get points reinstated. They're now in the relegation zone. It's it's a big game. Like, and we've got to, we've got to bring our best levels to, to get something out of this game. We've got to stick with, what we've been doing in the last couple of games. So I just really want to add the importance of, of how difficult this game should be. And just because it says Luton Town doesn't mean we're going to rock up there and we're going to win. And we've just got to earn the right and we've got to remain focused for this game because I think it's it could be easy to overlook this and think, oh, Next week's the biggest week in Villa season. We've got Ajax and Spurs. I think we've got to make sure we're ready for this one. That's my little motivational talk to start with. What are you saying, Justin? Yeah, it, it is a huge game, and every game is a huge game. I know that to that thing to say, but it is. Um, and and out of the three that the you know the Fulham, uh, Forest, and Luton, which I fancy just to win all three. This was the one that really, for some reason, worried me the most out of all three of them. Out of all the teams in the bottom six or seven, they've impressed me the most because I think that they've gone into the season with a real positive attitude. They could have gone in and just had a real defeatist, you know, with, with our budget's no good, the players, you know, blah, 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 blah. But they didn't. They came in with a very good attitude. They thought, let's just go for it. Let's have a real go. I like the manager. I like the way they they sort of go about their work. They don't fear anyone. I mean, a Man United at home, the last home game, two 0 down after a few minutes, could have easily slumped and lost their heads and, and got battered four, five, six. They didn't. They kept going and going and going. They created chances. And they were the more dominant team, and they didn't deserve to lose that game. A million percent didn't deserve to lose it. So we have got to be really, really on it on on Saturday evening because. They they know now that they've got to start winning games because of the Everton situation. That's dropped them into the bottom three. So they've got nothing to lose and we've got to go there. We've got to do everything we do and we've got to make sure we're on it from the first minute mm. because if we let them get ahead in that small stadium, we could be in trouble. I agree. Um, and I've got full admiration for Luton. I will admit I'm one of them people that put them to finish bottom of the league. Didn't give them an absolute hope. But I have been so impressed with Luton this season. It's unbelievable. Not only because of how they've played, it's how they've adapted that's impressed me the most. I look at Vincent Kompany at Burnley, absolutely tore up the championship, smashed it, played amazing football. Luton went up through the playoffs. But Luton are the ones that have adapted. They play good football. Yes, it can be fast and direct. Yes, they can get those balls into the box quickly. They knock it around nicely. And, I, and I've, I've just got full admiration for it. Rob Edwards. I think he's 
a really good tactician. I think he's honest. I think he's hardworking. I think he understands where he is, and I think he understands where Luton are, and he, and he understands what they are, and I think that's admirable, admirable as well. And I've just really enjoyed watching them. I think when I watch them play, they are fun. They are lively. They're exciting. They've got they've got good players across that whole team that I look at, and I think. Like, I like every player that they've got. I, lo I like Osho. I like Doherty. We know about Barkley, Morris, Adebayo, Lockyer. The keeper's good. All across that team, they've got really likeable, hard-working players. And, and they're a really decent, decent team. I do think it is still going to be quite difficult for them to stay up. I think, I think the Premier League is unforgiving you know we know that it's a it's like Luton are like a football love story aren't they you know they've been in the conference and now they're in the Premier League but the Premier League doesn't allow for these like sort of happy stories to just happen you, you it's brutal like Luton can do so well and they've done so well and they're still in the relegation zone and as we edge further towards the end of the season, it's going to get more and more difficult, I think, for Luton. But I think they're doing a great job. They've still got a game in hand on Nottingham Forest. Um, I really like watching them. And they're going to make it really difficult for Aston Villa. So um, is there anyone who's impressed you, player-wise, Rob Edwards, etc.? Ross Barkley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's been absolutely outstanding for him. And it sort of ties into what I was saying about uh, Leon Bailey. You know, there's a club for everyone and, and I think he's just found a home there, hasn't he? And he's just been welcomed and he's been able to then go out on the pitch and express himself and be given that free role. And he's a very good footballer. You know, you don't get to where he got to in his career without being a very good footballer. And I think you sometimes forget that when players go on a bit of a, a downward spiral and they end up going to, you know, I don't know how many clubs he went on loan to, tons of clubs. Uh, and everyone thought he was finished, but all of a sudden he gets given a chance back in the Premier League, albeit a, you know a small club that, that's just been promoted, and and he's taking it with both hands, and he looks he looks almost the player that he was, you know, when he broke through all them years ago at Everton. You know, he's a real threat. He's he's all over the place. He's got good delivery. He sees a pass. You know, he's got a goal in him as well. Um, and I think fair play to him, you know, because he could have been one of these ones that just disappeared off into the sunset with his big, you know bank balance and, and said, okay, I've done it now. But now he's, he's found a new lease of life and, he, and he's loving it. He seems to be loving his life down there. So, yeah, he's been really good. I like the midfielder. Is it Laconga? Sammy Laconga, I think um, he's decent. And they have unearthed a few little gems, haven't they? Um, but like you said, they've earned the right, haven't they? they you know, they, nobody's going to just give them the points and say, there you go, Luton, stay up. You know, like we've got to get there um, and earn the right to win the game. They've got to earn the right to stay in the Premier League. And I think if if I said it now that they were going to stop up, not not one football fan would have said, yep, they, you know, they don't deserve that. They 100% deserve to, to be in that shake-up of, of staying up. The bottom two have gone now, so it's just who's going to take that, that third and final spot. And they are fighting for their lives and they have got a huge chance to stay in this division. And if they do, arguably, is he the manager of the season for doing that with Luton Town? 100%. Because it's a much, much, 100%. much bigger job. 
staying up with Luton than it is winning the league with with Man City. It, do you know it's just, the ad- just, it's just the good. adaptation of him that that's what's yeah. impressed me so much. They've <clears throat> they've, they've they've changed the way they play slightly. So when they, when they first came in, they were a three a five three two, and they were playing with the two strikers up top. Now they're a four a five four one. So they've adapted that shape. They've they've quickly they quickly knew how to get points, which is quite difficult yeah. in the Premier League. You know, I think it took Burnley, I can't really remember, but it took them ages to get a win, didn't it? But Luton, it seemed to happen quickly. When you can stumble on that little formula a little bit and and, and work it out, um, I think that's what's been so impressive. So let's have a little look at some of the stats. So we're still on sofa score. So, uh, so far this season, they've played 25 matches. They've scored 35 conceded 51 goals. Um, they're scoring 1.4 goals per game. Uh, they're having 1.8 big chances per game. They're averaging 40.8% possession, 74% possession accuracy per game on average. They've kept two clean sheets. They're conceding two goals per game. And they're winning 50.2% of their duels total. Um, some of their key players this season, we've got Ross Barkley, like you say, Lukonga. We've got Ogbené, we've got Morris, and we've got Doherty. Doherty, for me, he, uh, has been a revelation at left-back. He's so good. He's so... You know, he reminds me of John McGinn a little bit. How, how powerful McGinn is. And, and he's really powerful on that left-hand side. Gets to the byline, very aggressive. He's got good quality, can cross from deep or from the byline. So um, he's someone that has, that has really impressed me uh, this season. If we have a little look at some of our other stats, then so they're 18th, we're 4th. We have won 16, they have won 15. Uh, we've lost... Uh, five, not six. 15. What's that? He said 15, I've won five. Okay, yeah, five. So, no, I was looking at lost. So, Um, they've lost... They've lost 15 and we've yeah. lost six. So that's, I, I think I was just looking at it before I said it. Um, right. Yeah, they're not that good. Um, so they've, we've scored 2.2 per game uh, and they're conceding on average two. So that would mm-hmm. tell us that we should probably score two uh, if, if we're working on this uh, hypothesis, if that's the word. Uh, form guide, we are back in form. We've got two wins. And their losing form, which I think was kind of what I was alluding to earlier, of you know, the love story of them coming in, doing well. But now we get into this point where it's getting a bit difficult. Uh, so a draw and three losses in their last four games. Uh, if you can have a look at their team sequence style. So they are fast and direct. Um, just like Everton, Bournemouth, Forest, West Ham and Aston Villa are still edging towards the slow and intricate where we've been slap bang in the middle for most parts of this season. So build up possession is something that we are still doing quite a lot of. This was their last team uh, that played against uh, Liverpool. So you've got the five uh 4-1 formation. Uh, we'll go in, more in detail on this in the opposition, in the um, 
predicted lineup, and this is their average positions from their last game as well. Aston Villa style, the blue is where Villa control games, the grey are contested, and the red is where the opposition have the ball. I know Justin always likes these ones when I show him the uh, the opposition ones. So this is Luton. Ready? Go. Oh, God. So the red is where the opposition have majority of the ball against Luton. So how I'm thinking this game is going to go in my head. Villa control the game. Villa control possession like we like to do. We have to stop the transition. We have to stop the fast breaks. But one thing I want to talk to you about, Justin, is I hope McPhee is in that analysis room sorting out these set pieces. I don't think it's a massive problem. I think set pieces are something that we can be slightly in control of at times in the way in which we defend. But we've got to defend these better because the two times now we've seen that ball that's gone over Watkins. So I'm talking about Watkins' near post. So Watkins' near post, he's our first contact player. It goes over to the back post. We don't win that contact. Goes back over and we conceded two goals. We've conceded against United and Forest with that. And if we can be in control of defending from set pieces and become stronger and eradicate that, then we're in an even stronger position because there's not that many times that we get sliced open, we get carved through. But we've got to be in control of these set pieces because we've conceded quite a few goals this season from set pieces. So are you worried about our set piece defending or not? Um, not massively. I think I said it after the Forest game that because of the defensive problems we're having personnel-wise, that you know we have a lot of people there. So I'm not surprised that we are conceding goals. Uh, it, it probably it's a slight concern that a lot of them are coming from set plays because that's something you, one of the main things you can work on in training week in week out is how to defend and, and attack set plays. So the fact that we're not doing it as well as we have done in the past is something I think that you're right. I think that we'll be working on massively in the training ground. And I think the fact we've lost the, the type of player that we have, we've obviously Mings at the start of the season, Carlos recently, and Conte, who three airily are very, very good. Um, you know, if Pau Torres has got a weakness, it probably is his physicality. I think we said that when we signed him. You know, we didn't sign him to be a big, tough nut. You know, big shit out centre half. He's not. That's not his game. But he's, he's decent in the air. But we have lost a, li a little bit of that authority. I think in our own box, defending set plays. And I think the more you goals you you concede that way, that the, the more they sort of worry when we get set players against us. And looking towards the Luton game, and looking towards you know the, the amount of possession that Luton sort of give to opposition players, I do see the game being totally, hopefully, our dominance on the ball and dictating play and having lots of the ball and a lot of possession. So their threat is going to come from set players. You know they're going to put a lot into getting free kicks in and around the box. Corners, you know, long balls through the middle to to, to to the big lad up top. So we've got to be really switched on at the back because what we don't want to do is give them a sniff of anything. So hopefully they'll be on it, Matty Cash and, and, and Moreno or Dean, whoever plays, and say, don't give anything away. 
down the sides, don't give any, you know, free kicks away. Uh, and, and then when we do, we've just got to make sure we switch on from set players, make sure whatever they're doing in training is implemented on the pitch. Uh, picking your men up, don't leave anyone spare. You know, the, the, the Forest goal that we conceded just before half-time is really disappointing because it's it's basically a long ball into the back stick and he just gets the head back across goal. And I've no massive problem with the first header being won because that can happen. The big problem was nobody picked up the man in the middle, whoever was supposed to be marking him. Mm. I think, I'm not sure it was Ollie Watkins, but he seemed to be closest and he turned his shoulder and he, the lad's just standing there, nobody marking him at all. So that's where you've got to be switched on, you know, maybe not even the first ball, but if he does, if they manage to get a flick on at the near post or somebody's at the back stick heading it back across goal, Everybody needs to be prepared for that ball to come back in, and 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 Luton are going to be a threat. Looking at the way they play and and the way they have to feed a little bit off scraps at times in games, then they're going to put a huge emphasis on these on, on set plays, and and we don't want to fall. What we don't want to do is control the game and 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 go in one down because we've we've switched off from a set play because all of a sudden you know they've got their tails up and we're we're up against it. So very professional like we always are, um, make sure we control the game and make sure that we switch on. Yeah, I think I think I think we'll be working on that this week in training. I really do. I think there was a, I think I I'm sure I can remember Unai having a bit of a a bit of a go at McPhee. I'm sure I'm sure I saw that from the halfway line. Uh, but you know that's what I think I saw. Right. But what what I want to say is that that sometimes defending set pieces can be slightly difficult because we're not in control of what of what they know they're gonna do. Do you get what do you get what I mean by that? But yeah. I think we have we have got to defend it better. So while Justin was talking, I have got the stats of, of our goals for and goals against of defending set pieces. So here this is this one is goals for. So I think at times, McPhee, you know, he, he don't get much credit anyway, but I think from scoring goals from set pieces, you know, we've scored we've scored 10. So who's above us that have scored more than 10? So we've got Arsenal, who are absolutely smashing it at the minute. I think they've scored like loads in their, in a row in their last couple of games. So they've scored 18. Yeah. You've got Everton. Wolves on 10, Newcastle on 11. You'd expect Everton with Tarkowski, Bramthwaite, Calvert-Lewin, the core race, they're on 15. And then you've got Luton on 10. So we're not actually doing that bad scoring off them. Now, if we go get goals against, now, if you have a look at the goals against compared to the teams that are in and around us. So Liverpool have conceded six set-piece goals, City two, Arsenal five, Villa 11, Tottenham seven, United 10. So out of that top six, we are the worst at defending set pieces. That's factual. There, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, and then you. But, got but I do think I do, I do think that does tie into all our defensive injuries. I do. I think yeah. you know you can't have the amount of injuries we've had and upheaval at the back almost game on game on game without. You know, when you think about it, on the training ground, they're working. They know the team that's going to play on the Saturday, don't they? And then they work on that attack, defence, whatever. So if you're setting up every week with a different back four, like we know, like we said when we lost concept, all of a sudden we've got two left left footy centre halves, which is very unusual in the Premier League. You know, and and I think he did like to play. You know, when everybody was fit, barring Mings, he liked to play Carlos, didn't he, in that centre half role because he's this big. Let's win everything in the air, physicality player. 
with Pau Torres off off his left, who's the, the ball player, and then you've got Ponce playing the full right back, which we, we play. And then all of a sudden, from set pieces, it'd be interesting to know how many set pieces we've conceded since we've had all these injuries. Because then when you're defending that set play, you've got Pau Torres, Diego Carlos and Cogs are playing in the back four. You've got three big centre-halves there, all straight off, haven't you? Um, so, yeah, it, it is a concern. And I think it's something they will be looking at. But, you know, I think at the moment, as long as we score more than the opposition, I'm all right. <laughs> we're we're yeah, moving well, we into should... um, Kevin Keegan territory, don't we? <laughs> we? Just score more than the opposition nowadays. Well, that's, we are doing that quite a lot, to be fair. Yeah. So we don't um, want to keep conceding because it will backfire no. at some point. But no, as long I, I, as we're I think scoring the, more than the opposition, yeah, we're all right. I think I think the biggest point that you've made, which which is is where I'm probably at, is you don't want to do all that hard work of controlling the game and playing well to then be done by a set piece. That that yeah. that's kind of like a sickening blow, really, because you know they can have a team can sort of like have doggy defended for like. 80 minutes, etc., and then you switch off for a second and they've scored a set piece. So I just think we need to just get back on track of, of defending those a little bit better. So But this is um, how this is how upsets happen, isn't it? You know, this is why you go into like why like you get upsets in FA Cup games because you know that the you know that you're playing against a lower league side and you know you're a better team one to eleven. You know for man for man, you're comfortably a better side. And then all of a sudden, you miss four or five guilt edge chances that you're creating in the first half, and they go up the other end and bang a free kick in the top corner. You think, oh, so that's how they happen. And, and we've just got to be make sure we don't we don't uh, leave the back door open, and then when we get a chance, we put it away. Yes. So been on for quite a while, right? So we'll do score <laughs> predictions then. I'm gonna go with a. I, th- I think we win. I think we. I think we play well as well. I'm going to go three-one Villa. Um, I think maybe. I think it's going to be a little bit like uh, the Sheffield United game at, at parts. I think we're just going to be quite dynamic. So I'm going. I'm going three-one. Um, that's what I'm going with. What are you going with? I'm going with the same as Forrest. I think 4-2, Villa. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I still think we're going to concede because I think they're going to throw the kitchen sink at us. And we are a little bit susceptible. But I think we've got enough going forward to cause them a lot of problems. So I think it's going to be one of them like end-to-end games. Love Very it. open. Love it. Right, so uh, we've got predicted lineup. I'm still working on a Luton fan. I haven't, I haven't heard anything from them so um hopefully we can get an opposition preview out i've had the ajax boys message me the ajax boys have been in touch so the ultras. we've got we've got <laughs> opposition ajax fans already penciled in i'm going on their channel on thursday so me and the ajax lads we got it going on so we got that coming That's out they've got well. a square ticket will you <laughs> yeah so we got that going on um and then, yeah, we'll have match reaction straight after the game, etc. Um, and then just all our normal content. So, cheers, everyone. Up the villa. Up the villa.